Shakshun-militam-jhinam-tasmai-sri-duru-vena-maha-sri-chaitanya-mano-bhishtam-stapitam-jhinabhutale-chayam-rupa-gadamayam-dadati-svapadanti-kam-vande-ham-sri-guro
Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Narayanam Namaskritya Narayanam Namaskritya Narayanam Devim Sarasvatam Vyasam Devim Sarasvatam Vyasam Satojaya Mudirayet Nasta Preshu Abhadreshu Nityam Bhagavata Shevaya Bhagavad Yuttama Shloke Bhaktir Bhavati Naistaki Hare Krishna. So today, <coughs> instead of our um, normal Bhagavatam class, we are going to hear from the Padma Purana. Uh, instead of the Bhagavat Purana, because today being the first full day of the uh, Kartik month, Kartik Masa, um, every day are we singing this Dhammadarastakam prayer, which was spoken by Satyavracha Muni, and it appears in the Padma Purana. So we're going to take a look at the Dhammadarastakam um, in order to uh, get a little bit of a closer uh, view of this prayer, which we're going to be singing every day for the next month. And um, for many devotees, the uh, Kartik season is their favorite month of the year. Also, uh, Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita that it's his favorite month. Of all the months, I am the month of Amadhar. Uh, he says in Bhagavad Gita. So it is kind of Krishna's month. Uh, it is the month of the time of increased bhakti. It is also the month of Radharani, according to a lecture I read this morning by Giri Raj Swami, given in South Africa at the Radharanath Temple um, in Durban. Uh, because Radharani is the mother of devotion. She's in charge of the devotional service of Krishna. She's the temple commander of devotional service for all devotees. So all devotees take shelter of Radharani in order to attain bhakti for Krishna, and she is the mother of bhakti, and she is also the supreme devotee. So all devotional service to Krishna comes through Radharani, and she is the highest manifestation of love of Krishna, which is bhakti, which is the process that we are, <clears throat> the path we are engaged on. So. This Kartik month is a special month, and sometimes devotees take different vows during Kartik to increase their bhakti, at least during this month. Uh, some people reduce their eating and give up their favorite foods, like sweets or fried foods or other things like that. <clears throat> and some devotees take a vow to chant increased number of rounds 
during this time. And any bhakti that's done for Krishna during the month of Damodar is most auspicious and also its effect is magnified. It is said 1,000 times. And this especially holds true uh, when one is in Vrindavan at this time. Uh, fortunately for us, Srila Prabhupada has explained that these ISKCON temples, which he has established and have been established by his followers, are actually non-different from Vrindavan. So therefore, that same result that you get from being in Kartik and Vrindavan is actually gotten by uh, serving in the temple of Krishna, in Srila Prabhupada's temple. So that's good news. So we were had a little discussion with uh, <coughs> Radha... What's the second name? Radhasundari, thank you. Old age. <clears throat> Radhasundari, um, she came to Mongol Arctic this morning. So that's the equivalent of 1,000 Mongol Arctics. So. Don't say that because then she won't come. Back. Well, that's what I'm saying. And then the point came up well, you know, if I don't come to Mongol Arctic, you know, I got 999 days off because I just did 1,000. No, <laughs> that's not the idea. The idea is to increase and not take credit and then take 999 vacations from devotional service. Uh, the idea is that whatever we do for our Krishna consciousness is good, but let us do more. Let us not decrease, but increase. So to go to Mongol Arctic a thousand times, that's you know almost three years worth of Mongol Arctic. That's a lot. So some of the devotees in our temple have many thousands of Mongol Arctics under their belts. And that is to their credit. You know, like in the old Wild West days, the guy has notches on his gun handle, on the wooden handle of his gun for the number of guys he's killed. So we have all these notches in our belts of all these Mongol Arctics, all these zillions of rounds chanted, all this devotional service performed. But that doesn't mean that, oh, now I have done everything, and let me just sleep only. No. Um, it is all to our credit, so let us um, take that momentum and move forward with that to greater and greater um, love for Krishna and more devotional service. So therefore, one devotee used to say that Krishna consciousness produces more Krishna consciousness. So however we practice whatever we do in Krishna consciousness, for us that gives us a forward momentum to practice more Krishna consciousness. So that's the idea to, um, like a perpetual motion machine. You know, there's this dream amongst the technologists that you invent a machine that once you start it going, then it just continues on its own without adding any more energy. That's called a perpetual motion machine. That's the dream of the physicist. Because that means you don't need to produce energy, like from the electrical power plant. We have to pay for the electricity. It's not free. There's labor, there's money, there's so many things involved in getting that power. 
So if we have a, a machine that just goes on its own energy, you don't have to put any more power, no more batteries, nothing. It just goes forward without any extra endeavor. It's a perpetual motion machine. So we want our Krishna consciousness to be like a perpetual motion machine. Only in this perpetual motion machine, we want to invest more and more and more and more energy. See? So it's different than a mundane perpetual motion machine. It's a transcendental perpetual motion machine in which you give more energy. And of course, Krishna consciousness means that whatever we give, we get back so much more than we give. So the more we give, the more we get. That's the transcendental secret of devotion to Krishna. So we don't want to just give something and then get something and say, okay, business finished. Thank you very much. No, we want to give and give and give. And then we receive more and more and more blessings in the form of increased Krishna consciousness. And whatever side benefits, material benefits are there, opulence, mystic powers, uh, living a good life, uh, being very fortunate, those come automatically. I mean, uh, Mukti is standing with folded hands awaiting the order of the devotee, it is said. So, but we don't care for that Mukti. Oh, thank you very much, but I'm busy engaging in Krishna consciousness. I do not have time for Mukti Devi. So Krishna consciousness is like that. It, it is so wonderful. It is so spiritual. So this um, prayer to Lord Damodar, the Damodarasakam, is an extremely wonderful prayer, and it has different beautiful melodies, two of which are prominent, and the most prominent is the one we sang this morning, which is the, normally the one that I don't sing. But it is the most prominent melody and the favorite of all the devotees. And it is also uh, in a duital, which in India they would say two, two beat, but actually it's in three. So that two beat is subdivided into three. So one, two, three, one, two, three. That's a cartel, cartel beat. It's actually three or six. One, two, three, one, two. So devotees call that two, but it's actually three. <laughs> That's three. And then what we call the three beat, one, two, three, one, two, three. That's actually four. One, two, three, four, one, two. So just a little musical lesson there. So the, also in, uh, you can have where the three beat is divided into two uh, measures or sections, uh, then you can say it's like two. One, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three. So just a little musical lesson there. Never hurts. <laughs> We studied these things when we were young, so. So the Dhammadarastakam, this beautiful, wonderful prayer, uh, comes from the Padma Purana, which there are 18 Mahapuranas, or major Puranas. Uh, the word Purana means very old. So these Puranas are very, very old, but modern scholars say that they're not that old. 4th century A.D., they claim, which is complete bogus nonsense. 
I mean, that's the that's the theory of like what was his name? H. H. Wilson, the British uh, Sanskritist who was in the early part of the 19th century. That's his bogus theory because he wanted to say that everything was not old, everything was new, and then the scholars they say all these foolish things. It is all mythology and folklore. But actually, in the Puranas, there's cosmology and the origins of the universe. This is not mythology and folklore. This is science. Uh, they want to discount that. Uh, but they have no true information. And because they're covered with Maya, then they try to cover the uh, true Vedic knowledge, of which the Puranas are a very important part. Uh, Purana, very old. Uh, Bhagavad Purana, they say, is... You know, written by Avopadev in the fourth or fifth century. But no, <laughs> Bhagavad Purana was spoken by Sutta Goswami at the beginning of the Kali Yuga. That's 5,000 years ago. So that's not very new. Spoken by Shukadeva Goswami uh, to Maharaj Parikshit, who was the uh, a grandson of Arjuna. So that's right after the time of the Kurukshetra War. And, you know, 3100 BC. That's 5,000 years ago. That's not new. It's very old. And they're saying it's, you know, within 1,500 years. So we do not agree. We do not accept such rascal conclusions. Perhaps they are, you know, because they're covered by Maya, they can only understand the uh, modern editions that they've found the manuscripts from. So out of those 18 Puranas, there are six Puranas that are in the mode of goodness, six Puranas in the mode of passion, and six Puranas in the mode of ignorance. In other words, each of those six Puranas are intended for different audiences. So um, there are six Puranas in the mode of goodness, and then there's one Purana which is, rises above all the others, and it's called the Maha Purana, or the Amala Purana, that's the Srimad Bhagavatam, Bhagavat Purana, which is our primary scripture. It's all about bhakti to Krishna. But those six Puranas, they are the Vishnu Purana, the Bhagavat Purana, Srimad Bhagavatam, uh, Srimad Bhagavatam, Amalam Puranam, the spotless Purana, the cream of all the Vedic knowledge, uh, the Narada Purana, sometimes called the Naradiya Purana, the Garuda Purana, the Padma Purana, and the Varaha Purana. So those are the most important Puranas. And of course the Bhagavat Purana is the most important of all. It is the Supreme Purana. And the Bhagavat Purana contains some 18,000 verses, 18,000 shlokas. Uh, and the Padma Purana is also a very important Purana. There are many, many verses that are quoted by Śrīla Prabhupāda from the Padma Purana, and it contains some 55,000 shlokas. It's a very big Purana. It's not the biggest one, though. It's the second biggest one. And there are very many important things. Um, I can read what Wikipedia has to say here. Take it with a grain of salt. A large compo compilation of diverse topics. Um, 
Devanagari, it's written in Devanagari Sanskrit, describes cosmology, the world and nature of life from the perspective of Vishnu. Discusses festivals, numerous legends, or numerous factual, actually, <laughs> accounts from, Ved- from the Vedic age. Geography of rivers and regions, uh, the major sages, various avatars of Vishnu, a story of Sita Ram that is different than the Ramayana. It is a detailed treatise on travel and pilgrimage centers in India. So that's very nice. So contained within the Padma Purana is this uh, Damodar Ashtaka. Ashtaka means eight verses. And um, the scholar per excellence of Ashtakas has just left us yesterday, Dravida Prabhu. He knows many, many Ashtakas. And then many Ashtakas contain a ninth verse he was explaining, which is called a palashuti. Pala means fruit. So there's, along with chanting the ashtaka, there's a verse that gives benedictions for chanting that. You get certain results. Palashuti. So the Padma Purana contains the Dhammadarastakam, an account of the pastimes and qualities of the Supreme Lord in his childhood feature, Bal Gopal, um, oops, I've got a page here I need to get. There it is. So this Dhammadarastakam, these eight verses are very beautiful. The first verse, Namam Ishwaram Sachidanandarupam. Lasat kundalam gokule brajamanam yashoda biya dhuloko dhavamanam paramristam atyantato drutya gopya. So, namam Ishwara means I bow down to Ishwara, the Supreme Controller, Krishna or God. Ishwara Parama Krishna Sachit Ananda Vigraha. Similarly, in the Brahma Samhita, the first verse of Brahma Samhita, Sachit Ananda Rupam who has the form of eternity, sat, chit, knowledge, and ananda, bliss, rupam, Krishna, his form, just like we have this form, what is this form composed of? This material body? Mucus, bile, and air, or bumirapo nalo vayu kammano buddha It's composed of material elements, this temporary body. But Krishna's body is not composed of temporary material elements. It's composed of eternity. Full cognizance, full awareness, abhigyaswarat. Krishna knows everything. That's in com- common language, the common man knows. God knows everything. He's like Santa Claus. He knows when you are sleeping. He knows when you are awake. He knows when you've been good or bad. So uh, he knows everything. He knows all the movements of the living entities, of our minds, of our hearts. So God knows everything in our heart. Uh, what we're thinking, what we're feeling, what we want to do, our desires, our hopes, like that. Ananda Rupam. So his form is not like a material form. And similarly, the spirit soul has this also a form of Sajit Ananda. Although his, his chit, his consciousness, is not completely full consciousness like Krishna. Only up to a certain percentage of Krishna's consciousness can a living entity possess. But still... Sat, Jit, and Ananda is the form of the spirit soul also. So that is our form. But presently that form 
we are not realizing because we are so absorbed in this form, you know, <clears throat> what devotees in the old age call the stool bag, this material body. Prabhu, you're just a bag of stool. Uh, <clears throat> so, but we are not this body, we are not this bag of mucus bile in here. So, Lasat Kundalam means he has these earrings, Kundala means earrings, he has these earrings which swing back and forth very playfully. So Krishna is wearing his earrings and he's moving his head and his earrings are swinging back and forth and it's very charming and very beautiful. Actually his earrings are shaped like sharks, you know, shark-shaped earrings as is described. Gokule uh, Brajamanam and he so beautifully manifests himself in Gokula. Gokula, there's Goloka and Gokula. Goloka is uh, Goloka Vrindavan, that's the topmost planet in the spiritual world. But then Krishna comes to, brings his whole entourage and his manifestation of Goloka down to earth, then it's called Gokula. So it's, it's the spiritual world manifest on the earthly platform. Thank you very much. That is so wonderful that Krishna does that. We are so fortunate. He does that just to attract us, just to exhibit his pastimes. So, so, Yashoda biyo lukalat dhavamana. Yashoda biya, bhaya means fear. So he's afraid of Mother Yashoda because he's playing um, with the uh, wooden grinding mortar and then she comes to chase him and chastise him for stealing the butter and giving it to the monkeys. So he starts running from her, like anything, just like a little kid, you know. When he sees he's going to get chastised, his mother comes after him. She's got a stick in her hand. He's like, whoa, and he gets really scared. And he starts running. Uh, and she runs after him. Padamristam, uh, she catches him from behind. Atyam, drutya gopya. Gopya means Mother Yashoda, the gopi, Mother Yashoda. She's Akjam Tatya Drujami. She's very quickly running after him. She's trying to catch him from behind. <clears throat> so this is Krishna's Leela. Such a beautiful these childhood pastimes are so incredibly ecstatic and beautiful. So Rudanta Muhur Natar Jugmam, he's he's crying. Oh no, no. Don't 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 punish me, don't punish me. And he's rubbing his eyes. Netra Jugmam, his two lotus eyes. Mrijanta means rubbing. Kara Amboja Jugmena, with his beautiful lotus-like hands. Sha'atanka Netram. And his eyes are very fearful. He's rubbing his eyes and he's crying and he's looking here and there. And this is Krishna's Leela. I mean, he's really feeling it. He's really afraid. Because when he gets into his Leela, he's just not casually doing this. Or just playing around, no, I'm really God, you know, and I'm not afraid of this mother you showed to this woman, you know, I'm the supreme God. No, he's thinking, he's absorbed in this bhava of his lila. So he's thinking, she's going to punish me. No! And he's crying, muhu uh, shwasha, again and again. Shwasha kampa, shwasha means quick breathing. <laughs> His breathing is very heavy. He's like, oh no, she's going to get me. He's really scared. Kampa, he's trembling. 
And then Stita Graiva, the pearl necklace around his neck and his other ornaments uh, are shaking. And, and that, that necklace, Stita, is situated three onka, three reka onka kanta around his neck, which is marked with three lines like a conch shell. It's like a conch shell has striations on it. So his, he has these beautiful lines on his neck. Damu dharam bhakti badham. And he has a rope around his belly. Mother Yashoda, she tried to tie him, she couldn't. She tried to tie him again, she added some rope. She kept adding rope, and it always came up two inches too short. Like, what's going on? She put another foot of rope, still comes up two inches too short. Hey, what's up with this rope? Why, why can't I tie him? She can't bind him with the rope, but he agrees to be bound with her because of her love, her bhakti. Bhakti badham. Badham means bound up. So he's, she's, she has so much love for Krishna that he agrees, even though he's God, to be tied up by her. Bhakti badham. But he's bound not by the rope, actually. He's bound by her love for him. Bhakti badham. Actually, that is the only way to capture God. God is uncapturable. But you can capture him with love. You can capture him with love. Not just Mother Yashoda and not just the gopis, but any living entity who loves Krishna with full energy and full force, and then Krishna becomes obliged to that person. So devotional service has many, many benefits. Uh, but the main thing is that we capture Krishna with our love. We learn that art and that science of learning to love Krishna. The more we love Krishna, the more he becomes obliged, because it is said in the Shastra, that Krishna's only real business is to please and satisfy the desires of his devotees. That's what he likes to do. That's his main pastime. That's his main activity. All this cosmic creation and all this stuff, that's nothing. Fulfilling the desires of his devotees, that he loves to do. That's his favorite thing to do. Exchange of love and please. And we get some glimpse of that in the mature world and the relationship between the parent and the child. The parent will do anything for the kid, just to please the kid. He'll do anything. He'll sacrifice his life just to give pleasure, happiness, facility to the child. So that's the closest thing we can see to that, especially the love of the mother for the child. So Iti Drik, in this way, displaying these pastimes like the Damodar Lila, Swalilabi, his own pastimes, um, Swagosham means the, his own family and the residents of Vrindavan, Anandakunde, they're like drowning in an, uh, an ocean of bliss, a pool of bliss. It's like you have Radhakund, Shamakund, this is Anandakunde. Kunda means a lake or a pond or a bathing tank. So the devotees, they're drowning in this ocean of bliss. Nimanjantam, uh, completely immersed. Uh, so Krishna to those who want to know his Aishvarya, his opulence and on reverence as God, um, he's not interested in that. Bhaktai Jitatvam, he's conquered. Jita means conquer. There's Jita, but we see that word in Bhagavad Gita. Bhaktai Jitatvam, he's conquered by his loving devotees who are not interested. They're not interested in Aishvarya Gan, knowing Krishna's opulence. 
They're interested simply in, in love, puna premata, again and again and again, with love and devotion. Tam shatta briti bande. Hundreds and shatta means a hundred, like we say, jayam, vishnu, pad, paramahamsa, ashto tera shatta. Ashto tera shatta means 108. Ashta eight. Ashto tera shatta. Uh, hundreds, uh, hundreds and hundreds of times, Bande, I offer my praise, my obeisances to the Lord. Vadam Deva Moksham, my dear Lord, Deva means God or my Lord. Um, Vadam, I don't want boons or liberation, Moksha. Not even Moksha Agavan, which is the highest pinnacle liberation, which means eternal life in Vaikuntha. I don't even want that. Vana chanyam, or anything else. Vrineyaham, I pray to you, Vada Ishad, who can give any boon that you like. Um, api Isa, uh, Api Iha Idam. Iha means here, here in Vrindavan. Um, te Vapu Nata, oh my Lord, your beautiful form, Vapu means form, Gopala Balam. As a cowherd boy, a young a, a young cowherd boy, Sadame uh, Manasi, may that form always remain in my heart, or may my vision always be filled with that form. Uh, uh, as a cowherd boy, Avira Stam Kemanyai, so may that be manifest in my heart. May Manasi Manasi actually means mind, but also translated as heart. Kemanyai, I don't care for anything else. Yeah, I don't want liberation. I don't want eternal life in Vaikuntha. I don't want a million dollars. I don't want a big position. Like Lord Chaitanya says, Nadanam, Nadjanam, Nasundanim. I don't want, and this is predicting social media, by the way, Nadanam, I don't want to be rich. Nadjanam, I don't want millions of followers on Facebook or Twitter. No. Followers. What is the big deal with followers? Well, now we know. Before computers, we didn't understand. What is he talking about? Why so many followers? You know, but generally, people who are uh, important people in the material world have so many followers. Like Donald Trump has so many followers. Go figure. Uh, you know, who would want to follow that? But people do. And then so many, um, you know, hip hop singers and music stars and basketball stars and all these people who are just nothing but a bunch of like low class shooters. They have all these followers. Well, that's the material world. And they're very puffed up by having all their followers, and they tweet something, and everyone's all, all the Twitterverse becomes all agitated by whatever they say, and everyone's talking about it. So I'm not interested in that, the devotee says. Any of that. Kim Anyai, what is the use of that garbage? I only want this vision of you, Krishna, as a cowherd boy, to always, may Manasi, always remain in my heart. May this vision always be present before me, within my mind. May my consciousness be absorbed in your Bala Gopal. Very wonderful. Aspiration of Krishna consciousness. By the way, this, these shlokas are teaching us how to be Krishna conscious. What is the, uh, the proper Krishna consciousness of a devotee in relation to the Lord and in relation to the other stuff in the material world, which appears to be very attractive to ordinary people. Nama Deva Dhamo Dharam Ananta Vishnu. Oh, O Lord Vishnu, Ananta, unlimited Lord, Damodar, whose belly is bound with a rope, 
Nama Deva, I bow down to you, my Lord. And Prasida, please be pleased, Prabhu, Master, oh my Master. Please be pleased with me. Um, because I'm suffering in this material world. Dukkha Jala, Abdi Magna. This material world, there's just... It's just a network of material miseries. Like we pray in the Prashad prayer, this prayer by Bhaktivinoda Oh Lord, this material body is a lump of ignorance, and there's a senses are a network of paths leading to death. Wow. You know, Halloween's got nothing on Krishna consciousness. <laughs> it's just, you know, Bhutas and Pratas, ghosts and stuff like that. But the, the real Halloween is that we are absorbed in sense gratification and it's leading us to a very bad place. <laughs> we should be scared like anything of that. Um, so I'm, I'm Dukkala Abhi Magna. I'm, I'm, I'm absorbed, immersed in this ocean of material miseries. So therefore, Kripa Drishti Brishta, by the rainfall of your merciful glance, Atidinam, Batsa, alas, I'm very fallen. But Anugrahana, um, Isha, oh Supreme Lord, please accept me. And although I'm Mam Agyam, I'm just a complete ignorant fool. Adiya uh, Driksha, please come. Adrikshaya, visible to my eyes. Please let me see, please reveal yourself to me. In the Ishapanishad, it's like that. Please remove this dazzling effulgence that covers you, my Lord, and reveal yourself to your devotee, because I am your devotee. So, um, Kuvera Majo, the two sons of Kuvera, whose names are Nala Kuvera and Manigriva, please note it's not Nala Kuvera, it's Nala Kuvera, and along you, Nala Kuvera, that means the son of Kuvera. So, devotees, I've heard for years this Nala Kuvera. Who is this Nala Kuvera? There is no such person. It's Nala Kuvera and Manigriva, the two sons of Kuvera, who were cursed to stand as the trees. Uh, yet, but since they were like that, cursed by Narada to take birth of these twin Arjuna trees. But then when Krishna, who was tied up to the grinding mortar, crawled in between the trees, and the mortar got stuck in the trees, between the two trees, which are growing right together. And then Krishna pulled those trees down. Like, how does a little baby pull down these big trees, these big giant trees with these big roots? No, a little baby doesn't do that. The baby Krishna can do that. And then out of these trees came the two demigods, Nalakuvara and Manigriva, who became, um, they were liberated, Twayamochita by you, they were liberated. And Bhakti Bhaja, they became the recipients of devotional service, Krishna consciousness to you. You made them, Kritao Bhakti Bhaja, you made them your devotees. And then you gave them um, Tata Prema Bhakti, you gave them Prema Bhakti, the highest love in Krishna consciousness. Uh, so, in the same way, um, Parayatsha, please give it to me. Let me have graha, enthusiasm, for you, Lord Damodar. And not, not moksha. Not moksha. I don't want liberation. Again, no liberation. Well, liberation is a big thing for aspiring spiritualists. They just want to become free. I felt that way many times. Man, I wish his suffering was over. <laughs> 
And I was just liberated from all this suffering. But liberation, real liberation, means to be absorbed in Krishna consciousness. That even while in this material world, when one becomes the servant of Krishna, karmana manasagira, karmana by your words, manasa in your mind, and through your activities, gira, your speech, karmana manasagira, then if you're fully Krishna conscious, using all those facilities you have, your body, your mind, your senses, your desires, your wealth, your intentions, your love, all for Krishna, then even while you're situated in this material world, you're actually liberated, fully engaged in Krishna consciousness. So for Dodi, it doesn't matter where he goes in his next life. Liberation, heaven, hell, uh, what is it? The devotee doesn't care. Swarga, heaven, apavarga, liberation, narakeshu, hell, fine. Send me where you want it, wherever you want me. I just want to be engaged in your service. And that is perfection. If one is fully Krishna conscious, it doesn't matter he's in the material world. But then also the destination of those who become Krishna conscious is to go back to Godhead and no longer be in this material world. So the last verse. Namaste Studhamne. Namaste, my obeisances unto you, Ashtudhamne. For the rope, I offer my obeisances is this beautiful rope. Spura, it's splendorous. Diptidamne. Uh, Diptidamne Tadeya Udara means your belly, which is an effulgent abode. The belly of the Lord is not an ordinary belly. It's effulgent abode. Atta Bishwashe Dhamne. And then the entire universe takes shelter. So therefore, under your lotus feet or at your belly, Namo Radhikaya, I offer my obeisances first to the rope and to your belly and then to uh, Srimadhi Radhika. And this is the ultimate shloka of the Ashtaka. Then it mentions the goal. Uh, the greatest devotee, Radharani, I, almost, I offer my obeisances to Srimadhi Radhika. Twadiya Priyayai. Uh, Twadiya Priyayai. Priya means dear, very dear. She is very dear to you. She is your beloved. Nama Anantalilaya. I offer my obeisances to your beautiful and unlimited pastimes, which are so amazing, as described in this Ashtika. And Devaya, unto you. And Devaya Tubiyam, unto you. And as God, your, your transcendental nature, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So this is a little glimpse of the meaning of the Dhammadarastika. So I will stop here. Questions or comments, please. Discussion. Realizations. Somehow I had a realization when you were describing Krishna as the small boy who was so engaged in being that child, something about the present momentness of that full engagement kind of sparked something, a vision in, in my mind. It's his Leela. He does it. He just he, he doesn't just like like an actor. It's way more than that. He becomes, you know, and that's what actors say. You're not you're not acting. If you're acting, you're no good. But if you become the character you're playing, then you're really good. And you forget about your normal identity and you got to, you know, eat breakfast and do all this other stuff. 
No, a good actor becomes absorbed in that character. So Krishna, only he does that in a completely, on a whole other level when he enacts his pastimes. He becomes the pastime. He is the pastime. The pastime is a manifestation of his transcendental ecstasy in relation to his devotees. So maybe for us, the lesson is to be completely engaged in our devotional service with, you know, just so sincere. Yeah, like one devotee. I was actually telling Dravida about this devotee. He knew him in New York. I don't know if you ever knew him. Did you ever know Kavidat? Kavidat. He was a book distributor. Black guy from Georgia. Two brothers who were devotees. Kavi was not very well educated, but he was an ecstatic devotee. He's no longer with us now. And he was a great book distributor, a great preacher. Um, and he used to say, you have to become absorbed. <laughs> absorbed in Krishna consciousness. So the word is absorbed. But when he said it, it was, it was so ecstatic. That's why I still remember it. He said, you have to become absorbed. Diving and surfacing in the waves of the Sankirtan movement. He would preach like that. Very ecstatic. It's a new word. More than absorbed is exorbed. It's exorbed. Extra absorption. But, but no eggs. <laughs> Extra. It reminds me of the joke, you know, why, why don't devotees eat chicken? Because it's got eggs in it. <laughs> exorbed. So... Krishna becomes his pastimes. And if we become absorbed in Krishna consciousness, then we are no longer just struggling or pretending. That's not very good pretending. Therefore, we say example is better than pretext. The saying is example is better than precept. But we don't pretend to be Krishna conscious, but we endeavor for Krishna and Guru to give us their mercy so that we can become Krishna conscious in this life and go back to Godhead at the end. Ante Narayana Smriti. Ajamil did it and he was doing all kinds of forbidden things. So we give up all the forbidden things and why not Krishna will give his mercy to us? Lord Chaitanya is like super merciful. He's like, okay, you do some service for me and take you on back. Mahatsevam Dwaramahurvimuktas, that path back to God, it becomes wide open for those Mahatsevam who serve the pure devotees. Any other question or comment? Yes, sir. Well, you talked about how Krishna is completely absorbed in his Leela and how, you know, he can do that. But like Mother Yashoda, she's also completely absorbed in that pastime too. Is she under, um, like, because like us, you know, uh, parts and parcels of uh, his, 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 his devotees, we have <coughs> Yoga Maya, right? Or the Yoga Maya to be able to be absorbed in these leelas. Yes, she is, she is completely under the influence of Yoga Maya. Right. Mahatmanas to Mamparta, Daivam Prakatamashita. But she's not an ordinary living entity. She's Vishvaparishad. She's one of the associates, eternal, direct associates of Krishna. She's Krishna's mother. So she's not like a conditioned soul who became Krishna's mother for a little while. No, she is Krishna's mother, and she's completely absorbed in that. Um, through the, in other words, we're always under the control of some energy, either material energy or the spiritual energy. We're not independent. Krishna's independent. 
But he's Abhigya Swarat. He knows everything and he's completely independent. We're not independent, we're dependent. Nityo Nityanam. Chaitanas Chaitananam. Eko Bahanam Yogiridati Kamana. We're conscious, we're eternal, but we're small. And we're always under the control of superior energy. Either the material energy or the spiritual energy. Now, which would you rather be under the control of? Krishna consciousness means I want to be under the control of Krishna's spiritual energy. I'm tired of being kicked around by Maya. Enough of that. Okay, done that. Been there, done that billions of lifetimes. Krishna, please take me under the shelter of your lotus feet. That's what Lord Chaitanya says. Make me one of the atoms at your lotus feet. Give me a place under your spiritual energy, please. That's the prayer of the devotee. And then there, let me serve you eternally. Okay, thank you very much. I just have one. Okay. Is it Margish Yersha? That's the verse in Gita? Yeah. Okay. Well, it says November, December. Yeah. But surely October, November. Because I never heard anybody say it. I read that gear Swami. So I knew it was bona fide really. Okay, Hare Krishna. Amadarastaka Makija. Sri Kartika Brata Kija. Sri Prabhupada who gave us all this wonderful nectar Kija.